the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Hebrews 11 verse 1, I'm sure you're well aware of, says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And in a way, this verse is really the high point of the letter to the Hebrews that we've been unpacking over quite a few weeks now. And after all the encouragement to keep going, you know, by the writer, keep on, keeping on, keep going uh, to the, you know, in the previous chapters, and, and by building a case for entering into a superior covenant based on faith in Christ, the writer is now saying, uh, or driving this message home, really driving it home by saying that entering in has always been about faith. In the old covenant and the new, it's always been about faith. It's all about faith and not works. And just as it's sort of come to light to me, in context, this verse actually uh, is sort of based on, on this whole background of bringing about the knowledge of the superior covenant and then just seeing that it's about faith. It's all about faith. And faith in Christ, faith in God. Jenny and I were both fighting back tears as we looked along the row at a memorial service in Matamata on Friday for Sean Schutte, a South African young man who was senior co-pastor of Matamata Baptist until his tragic death 17 days ago. In a moment of distraction, 36-year-old Sean was hit by a train at a level crossing in town, leaving a young wife to cope with raising their six-year-old daughter alone. And because of where we were seated in the front row, but on an angle to to the sort of central block of seats, it really broke our hearts to watch the sobbing, the anguish, and the grief on the face of this beautiful child as the photo memory of her precious dad and hero scrolled up. It was really heart-wrenching to think forward to all that she would miss out on, growing up without him, her awards, birthdays, 21st, wedding, not to mention the hugs and affirmations, the fly fishing lessons, holidays and sports trips. You know, Sean was was no mealy mouth, uh, timid, hand-wringing Christian. He was a solid, rugby-playing, sporty, larger-than-life, out-there, contagious, life-of-the-party kind of guy. Even his barber and the police came to the memorial. That was the influence that he had on the town. But as the tributes continued, there was just also this overwhelming sense of faith and hope in the room as well. 
that came from the certain hope of Sean's resurrection to life eternal. Somehow, God's presence was incredibly tangible, even in the tragedy of this untimely death, despite the massive gap this man would leave. Why would God allow an active player to be taken so soon? It, it just raises all those normal human responses to loss and personal suffering that keeps many from believing. So many believe, why this? Why suffering? Why death? Why would you take my beloved? Just one week before, we farewelled my 53-year-old niece after a short battle with cancer, leaving behind two teenage boys who are now orphans. Why, Lord, is a very normal response. And we look at the world. Wars highlight the depravity of man, creating many more why, Lord, moments along with the mystery of why God is silent at times. But overarching all of this, though, is the undeniable, overwhelming, compelling, and complete love of God, who in Jesus the Son revealed himself with outstretched arms on a tree that he helped create, nailed there by men that he formed from dust, and forgave with his last breath. The faith we can hold on to at all times is the intimate knowing and revelation of this God-man Jesus. And I really felt that this message was perhaps for those who are struggling in their faith, struggling to believe, struggling to keep it together. As Aaron said, the dashboard's there, the needles are all on E. This message is for us all, including me mostly. As Mark has explained over recent weeks, entering God's presence is a sacred thing. Sacrifice and priests were the only way in in former times. But now this side of the cross, Jesus is the door. We enter to receive the certain hope of God's forgiveness and intimacy with the Father. Praise God for Jesus. No matter how difficult life is, faith is the gift of God. He provides to discover him, and faith is required to please him. Faith is the key to true life. It's the only way to make sense of all this. And it's the language of God's kingdom. Faith is the language of God's kingdom. Hebrews 11 gives many examples of this unshakable faith. It's God's hall of fame for the heroes of faith. So I think we should read, read from the word now. Let's turn to Hebrews 11. We're going to read 1 to 6. 
Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, some versions say, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. He just hauled it out of nothing. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Mystery. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who would seek him. You know, I, I preached this message uh, or on this passage before a few times and, and I know I've given keys to how to grow that faith because everyone has faith. It's a gift and it, it may only be the size of a mustard seed. I was at an um, end-of-year party, church party once, and a, a non-believing husband came along. He said, oh, you're lucky. You've got faith. And I said, we all have faith. It just might be that yours is still a mustard seed. <laughs> You've got to feed it. And I know I've given keys before, and they're still relevant, and they're still true. So it might be helpful, I think, if we just take a moment. This isn't the... the core of the message but let's just take a moment to remind ourselves again the keys to building unshakable faith and this is the antidote for doubt one reading meditating and studying God's word you know there's nothing like the word of God it tells of itself that it builds faith number two God-centered prayer number three fellowship that encourages love and four, God-ordered risks. If, you're, if your gauges are on E today, maybe you've neglected one or more of those four things. Time in the Word, prayer, fellowship, God-ordered risks. Putting God to the test. Praying for a leg and believing it's going to be fully healed. As great and necessary as each of these keys are, they are all doing words. And I believe God is saying to us today that now, in this moment, faith is in this moment because God is. Verse 6. It, says, it takes the trouble and the wisdom of Scripture to say, believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of those who seek him. We're talking about his character and what he does. He is. God is. He's been and he is and he is to come, but he is in, forever in that present state. He's eternal. God is seeking a people that moment by moment live by faith. He wants us to be in his presence, to rest 
in his grace. And he wants us to know him in the present tense. To be, to rest, and to know him. You know, one thing I'm guilty of at times, or lots of times, is kind of living in the future, uh, racing ahead of God. (laughs) I think, well, once I get that right, things will be better. Once we can move this, grow that, change that, or work this thing out or that thing, it'll be amazing. Oops, did I ask God about those things? We can easily get caught up in our own plans. You know, Proverbs 21.2 says, Every man's way is right in his own eyes, but God weighs the heart. Or in other words, motives. What are your motives for changing, growing, getting stuff? It only takes a couple of, of these untimely deaths to make you realize you may not have tomorrow. You need to live by faith in God and do right with people around you today. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Hebrews 6 even warns us. That's going back a few chapters. It's one we didn't do. Hebrews 6 warns us that even though we have done great work and tasted of God's goodness in the past, we can still fall away scary can't rely on that stuff we've got to do stuff today in faith it's a living faith it's a day-to-day faith it's a moment by moment he's here now if we don't continue to abide in him today and every day until the end that's that's hebrews warning in chapter six you may fall away and the scary verses in matthew 7 21 to 23 That begin by saying, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, in that day will enter the kingdom of heaven. Those are scary verses. But when we unpack them a bit, we see that they're all about what we've done. This person is saying, Lord, Lord, I did this. I I did. I, 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 I did. I, I, I did. I did. You see, we miss the point. He wants human beings, not human doings. We need to just be in his presence before we go and do. Doing is great, and it's the obedience part of faith, but we need to just be first and to be known by him and to know him. That was the the whole point. I never knew you. There may be some here today that are living in the past. In a sense, for them, the best years have been and gone. Living with regret can be quite debilitating because we miss those new ways we can serve, those possible ways of growing and serving that are still available. It may be that it has been, you know, for you a costly financial decision that you regret And it seems hard to forgive yourself and others and move on. I keep hearing stories of moments when Christians and even churches had a moment in time to decide whether to step out in faith and do something different or to stick with the familiar. Those moments may only come around once. 
Those moments can become a cause of regret, bitterness, sometimes even leading on to depression. If we refuse to change or choose to do nothing, perhaps God will give us that moment again if we pray. So living either in the future or in the past is not God's best. Now faith is because God is in this moment now. A number of years ago, I was sitting in a, in a, 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 a little concert about to begin. It was a secular concert, but it was run by Christians for the young people of Christchurch. We were, we were with friends, and we were waiting for the start to hear all these acts and performances, and the words start to scroll down the screen in front. I think there might have been some music, I don't know. But we had this, these words, and they started to touch my heart, and I felt tears coming down my face, and I knew God was speaking to me through these words on a screen probably designed for young people. If you dream it, you can do it. Every day is a new beginning. Stay away from what might have been and look at what you can be. You are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. That was the clincher. Tears were just streaming down my face. I knew God was speaking to me. I had for so long been pushing it back. Lord, I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> and I knew it was time. Part of the calling. Part of the calling that we'd had on our lives. And it said, forget all the reasons it won't work and believe the one reason it will. Another one, it's better to try and fail than fail to try. In order to succeed, your desire for success should be greater than your fear of failure. And here's another one. When you feel like quitting, think about why you started. God spoke to Jenny and I, but I just remembered that was the moment, the call. When our family of five stayed with my sister's family of six, and the Solomons, we had seven kids under ten. One lounge and only two sets of Lego. It was pretty full on. <laughs> but we went to church in the village all together. It was very formal. Men on one side, women on the other side. Not a hair moved. No one moved. The pastor spoke. And uh, we managed to pick up a few words in pigeon. And we stood up and we sat down at the right moments, I think. But during the week, I was actually asked to speak to a small group in English, fortunately. <laughs> and I chose to speak on faith. And I could see a few blank looks. I played the guitar. We had a couple of songs. But there was a few blank looks and <laughs> a few mouths were dropping open. And afterwards, my sister said, I've been here two and a half years and I've never heard anyone mention faith. <laughs> she said, everyone just knows their role and they could keep doing it forever. <laughs> Admirable, but no faith is required <laughs> with religion. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. And the first example given was Abel in verse 4. 
Both Abel and his brother brought an offering to the Lord. And I think this speaks to us and should speak to us today about our worship. Abel brought the very best he could. See, that's an attitude. The firstlings along with the fat portions, and he gave it wholeheartedly. Cain brought his offering from the fruit of the ground, pulled up a couple of plants, oh, that'll do. But his heart was not in it, so like, there you go. I've done what I had to. God knew which one was heartfelt, and he honoured that. Is our worship from the heart today? Or is it true? Is our true affection somewhere else? I've been just really loving our worship here, and I just love being part of it. It's a very humbling thing to be part of worshipping God. We should never take it lightly, never presume. But I think, well done. Well done. I, I just sense people entering in. Let's all be Jesus freaks, eh? No matter what people think of us. Hebrews 11 gives an account of two groups of believers who live by faith. One group is named, the other who are not. <laughs> the first group are our Sunday school favourites, aren't they? I just love those old stories. I love the courage these guys got. And they had, they had it in spades. <laughs> I love stories of modern day mission Courage so stirs my heart. Every morning I read a chapter of the church history in a year. Yeah, one day and one story for every day of the year, sorry. It just stirs my heart. About a third or a quarter of them are about martyrs. Man, would I be there? Could I do that? But these first guys, they're the ones we speak about in Sunday school stories. But the second group, the unnamed heroes of faith, not so, not so good for Sunday school. They are not kingdom kids, really. <laughs> they get sawn in two and there's swords and stuff. They don't get to see the result of their faithfulness. You got it. <laughs> One day I want to be part of that group. And I believe this group are being added to daily. That's a group that's still going. In the wisdom of Scripture, they're not named because maybe our names might be there too. One day. They are the great crowd of witnesses in chapter 12, verse 1. It's almost, a, it's almost not a great chapter break. Therefore, since we have such a great crowd of witnesses, who are they? Oh, they're the ones in the chapter before. So let's just read verses 39 and 40. And all these, all these unnamed ones, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. So they went through all the pain. They didn't even get the gain. Because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. What? That means they don't get their reward until we do our bit. So that's why they're saying in verse 1, the next chapter, come on, guys, 
We want our reward. We're going to wrap this up. Let's land it here. Let's not let life's hurts and disappointments diminish our faith and cause us to doubt and turn back. It's really been the thrust of Hebrews right up to now. Don't turn back. Don't lose the faith. Don't give up. Keep on trusting. You may not see it now, but it's there and it's real. God is the ultimate reality. Let's be on guard not to live in the past. What was the past over here? (laughs) Past or the future. (laughs) And let's not depend on past successes. Boy, I've learned that lesson. I'm still learning it. Can't sail on yesterday's wind. Let's not race ahead of God and plan time with, without, you know, without, plan stuff without him. Let's learn to be. Let's learn to rest. Yes. And let's learn to know his voice as we add faith to everything we do. Faith has and always will be the only way to please God. Old covenant, new covenant, doesn't matter. Faith pleases God. Essentially, faith is the title deeds to things hoped for. Amen. Our Lord, bless your name for this wonderful passage. Help us not to get overly familiar that we don't take the message that it's for now, it's for today, that you are the God of now. You are alive, living, wanting to be, have time and for us to be in your presence today. Lord, I pray that this faith journey we're on would just be a series of moments with you. That if we fall, we slip, Lord, maybe a brother, sister brings us back, or maybe it's your spirit brings us back in line. But Lord, help us to just stay on that that journey, to keep on, keeping on, being salt and light to those around us. Lord, challenge us, challenge our hearts to take risks. God ordered risks. You pay for what you order, Lord. Help us to say no to those things you haven't ordered in dry religion. Help us to be real, to rest, to be, and to know you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.